We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're going to follow me on Twitter. And it's Monday, October 23rd. And you know what we do on Mondays. We bring in James McCool. It's Mondays with McCool, the co author with me on the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. You can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. James, I'd, 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 had a decent weekend, college football props, NFL yeah. props, lost a little in DFS. Uh, is, uh, is Does Arthur Smith just simply just, is he the biggest troll job? I I took a shot on B. John Robinson in two out of my 12 uh, lineups. Uh, and then he like barely plays and then comes in for like one snap and one play and then says he's not feeling very good. And then plays Cordell Patterson. And then, do, do, do we care about the... What do we do with the Falcons? Do we just not care about them anymore? Desmond Ritter's running the ball in multiple times. How do you project the Falcons anymore? 
James, are you there? Is James frozen? Am I frozen? I think I'm fine. I believe I'm fine. Steve, am I fine or is, is, is James frozen or James done? James is just staring at me. Okay. So it's it's James. It's not me. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm I'm relieving, I'm relieving uh all, all the uh all the all the tilt. James, you back? I, I hope so. I don't know if that was. Okay. I was just I was just getting I was venting mm-hmm. on you know taking a shot on seventy three hundred dollar B Bijan Robinson on uh, on DraftKings. And then seeing uh, that he he literally did not come in the game until two minutes in the first half. He played six snaps in the first half. And then he got like one carry in the second half. Mm-hmm. Do we just do we just ignore anything that Arthur Smith does and just put random number generators in our Falcons projections? I mean, you you asked if he was a really good troll. I don't think he's really a troll. I just think he's an alpha. I think the guy knows what he's about. I think that he doesn't care about like who the best players are or whatever. Like the, the guy, he grew out that mustache and he looked himself in the face in the mirror and he said, This is the life that I live now. I'm not going to use my first round picks like their first round picks. I'm going to use them like they're every other player. And he just went ahead and did that, uh, which is radical. Um, I don't know why people continue to try to play Falcons players. I really like. Arthur Smith does this every week. And like sometimes Bijan Robinson has a role and sometimes Kyle Pitts has a role and sometimes Drake London has a role, but like <laughs> Arthur Smith just is going to play the way that he plays. And people keep complaining about the usage for these players. And it just, it just is what it is. Like the, there's only so many times that you can get burned by somebody saying that they don't really care about, a player's draft capital before you should just stop playing that player because of their draft capital. So how was, how, how was your, uh, your Sunday in DFS and everything? Oh, it's pretty bad. I, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Like I, I am still unable to deposit on DraftKings. So like I only had three entries in the, in the Millie. Uh, so it didn't really matter, but um, yeah, I mean, I didn't win any of them, so I'm not a millionaire. Why, why can't you deposit on DraftKings? So I moved from Colorado to Tennessee, right? Like that's 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 just something that happened. And I hadn't updated my deposit limits since coming to Tennessee. Uh, and then I had to update my deposit limit. What happened was there was an error when I was updating my deposit limits. And because of that error, uh, it sent all my deposit limits to zero. Okay. (laughs) So then I emailed support and I was like, hey, need this fixed. And uh, we went through this whole thing. It took a week. And then they were like, oh, you can't do this. You can't update this because Tennessee won't let you unless you have a Tennessee state ID. Guess who has not transferred over their ID to Tennessee from Colorado? So here I am. I had to go to the DMV last Wednesday to get all of that paperwork filled out. And I still can't deposit because I don't have my physical ID yet for Tennessee. So right, that typically takes a couple of weeks. Yep. 
So I'm going to miss probably two weeks of NFL because I can't deposit. So How about FanDuel? You could uh, play on FanDuel. I'm not going to play on FanDuel. I hate FanDuel. That site sucks. <laughs> I'm not going to play on FanDuel, man. So I can still do props. I've been doing props. I've been betting NHL props, and that's been going well. So like a stream, but it's it's so dumb. It's very dumb. Zach Everhart in the chat says that he lives in Tennessee too, but you, oh, you can't, you can't do college props in, in Tennessee. A lot of States, you can't, you can't do college props. Apparently uh, Kentucky, Kentucky, we get, we give no shits because Kentucky, I could like, cause I show, you know, that oh, I'm taking USC this and Michigan state that. And people like, like, I, I don't even see those numbers where, where you, where are you getting rushing yards for, for the, the bowling green football team. I'm like, you're in Kentucky. I, I, I see everything. They don't, they don't care. I got, I had, I had like 180 college football props on Saturday. Right. So it's not, it's not, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta move. You gotta come, you gotta come, uh, come over to the, over the border. Not live in Tennessee, I guess. I, I like I don't have no deposit limits. No, nothing. Just let, they let you do whatever the hell you want here. Yeah, well, I mean, I like Tennessee, and it's really pretty here. But yeah, there's there's some annoyances. Like I can't play, uh, I can't play prize picks here. That's one of the big reasons why I don't play it because I can't. So like, maybe I do need to just like take the 15 minute drive to the Kentucky border and do that. I don't know, but it's annoying. So we look at this past slate from from yesterday. Uh, we go into results DB, which you could get. For free. You don't even have to be a premium member or anything like that. Go to rotogrinders.com slash results TV. They'll, they'll be updating contests throughout the course of this morning. There, there's some, you know, some of the late games aren't in some of the some of the uh the files. Uh, but I had the Millie opened up. It seems like every week, James, we have a running back that just like everyone wants to play, and it doesn't matter what the ownership is. I'm, I sure didn't project him to be this owned, but Kenny Walker, 50.5% owned in the Millie. I mean, I knew that running back was going to be condensed ownership. So I thought that that the running back ownership would condense on five running backs because it's only a 10-game slate. So, like, it's, you know, we have the bye weeks and everything. So I thought Kenny Walker was going to be one, Pacheco, four, Jacobs, Gibbs. And it kind of came out that way. But the distribution of that ownership, I I did not I did not think would would go necessarily that way. I I thought Walker would be like thirty two percent owned, and then Jameer Gibbs would be like thirty like twenty six percent owned, and then Pacheco, and then Jacobs, and then Ford. And it turns out it just went like, I mean, I didn't necessarily want to play much of Jacobs at twenty one percent ownership out of the bunch. But had I known Jameer Gibbs was actually going to be lower owned than Jerome Ford and Isaiah Pacheco, I probably would have played more of him. I mean, these were basically the running backs that I was playing in most of my lineups. I took a shot on like Brian Robinson in a lineup. I took a shot at Bijan Robinson in a lineup, but I really wasn't playing like Aaron Jones or Austin Eckler or Barkley. I want the, the Rams running backs. I mean, obviously the lead one, you couldn't even play on DraftKings because Daryl Henderson wasn't even in the player pool. But I did not suspect Deonta Foreman to come in at 10% owned. I had him at like four. 
and you pretty much needed him uh, in your lineup to, to win anything of any significance at that ownership, 33 points. And then Jerome Ford, Jerome Ford, like Kareem Hunt this week was trending towards not playing. Most projections around the industry, including our own, still had Kareem Hunt projected in. And Ford still projected well in this matchup against the Colts. But his ownership is coming to commensurate to, like, if Hunt was ruled out, almost. And he kind of got lucky to get there. I mean, essentially, I mean, he got injured in the second half. And if it wasn't for one, like, 70-yard touchdown run, we'd be looking at a big dud out of Jerome Ford. How did you, how did you project these running backs from not only an ownership perspective, but I mean, it's pretty clear that Kenny Walker should have been your highest projected running back just from a touch standpoint, but the Gibbs situation, uh, Jacobs with, with Hoyer as the quarterback, then Pacheco, because the chiefs always do weird stuff on the goal line. So projecting him and if he's going to actually get catches out of the backfield versus McKinnon. So how did you how did you approach running back yesterday? Uh, I wanted Kenneth Walker and everything that I didn't have Seattle sack, and I didn't have any Seattle stacks yesterday. I, I an Arizona stack with Kenny Walker as a bring back, um, which I thought was a good way to handle that. If Kenneth Walker does what he's supposed to do with an Arizona passing from behind, whatever. Um, but I thought Kenneth Walker was really good chalk. Um, and then Isaiah Pacheco, I thought was fine. The price point was good. I didn't love the spot overall, though. I don't think I played any Kenneth or any Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I just kind of looked at the Chiefs-Chargers game as Travis Kelsey, Joshua Palmer. I was really most interested in. I was fine with Chargers stacks, but it wasn't like a big priority for me. Um, and then Jerome Ford I was fine with. Josh Jacobs was fine with. Dante Foreman at 10% owned, I did not expect. Um, I don't think anybody really expected that, especially especially after having such a big dud the week before, right? Um, you would think recency bias would have kept some people off of him, but no, he, he got more ownership than we expected. So that was a little bit weird. Um, ownership, I, I mean, Chalk, the, Chalk condensed the way that I mostly thought that it was going to. Rashad White came in a little bit lower than I expected. Um, Josh Jacobs actually came in a little bit higher. I didn't think people would have the money for him. So I, I had him projected at like 19% ownership. I thought he was going to be like 15% comes in at 22% or so. Um, and then Kenneth Walker, like I had him projected as the highest owned running back. And I had him projected as like the running back that was gaining the most steam throughout the week. Uh, but it's really hard to project somebody 50% up. It's just really hard to do that. Projection Ownership projections don't work like that. Even when I project for small field, I think I, I still only had like 42% or something like that. So 50% in, in a large field contest is pretty crazy. Um, but I, I thought Chalk was fine this week at running back. I didn't really see very many reasons to get off it. It was a really interesting and like unique week that we have had this week where I thought the running back, pretty much I thought that all of the Chalk was fine except for Luke Musgrave. Luke Musgrave was really the only piece of Chalk that I just was not interested in. So. Well, I mean, I, I, I think it, it was a unique one, week in that I thought. You th you think there was more of it? Okay. Yeah, I, I, no, thought, that well, it, I, I mean, thought it was more of a week of like 
just play weird stacks and eat the chalk. Well, I mean, I'm looking at wide receiver now. Obviously, we get the basement game for Cooper Cup. Highest on receiver, 29%. But I didn't hear, hear things that I didn't expect. I did not expect... I mean, just starting, I didn't expect Josh Palmer to be this low owned at 12%. I thought he would be 20 plus percent owned. Obviously, we have the situation with DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like, if you went on top, you know, I built lineups as if DK Metcalf was not playing. So I, I didn't even, I didn't have to swap. I didn't have to do anything. I built, I built my Geno stacks and everything. I built it with Lockett, Smith and Jigba, I, I already had that in, but like Curtis Samuel being 13% owned was a little high. I thought Wandale would come in a little bit higher. Uh, and then like where she rice at 4,700, I had it like six, 7% owned. He came in at 15. I thought Watson would, I thought Watson in the, if you listen to public podcasts and mainstream stuff, uh, Watson got a lot of, got a lot of love. To no pun intended. So I didn't have, I, I didn't want Watson, but Marquise Brown at 25% owned. Like, like, dude, I don't know if I, I, I mean, he was one guy that I just like, like he's, he's the prayer yard candidate. He's the, yes, I know what the projections say, but just, just assumes that like the Cardinals actually run or could, could actually run an offense anymore. And, uh, I'm hoping that when Kyler Murray comes back and Marquise Brown is still at the same price that people just get burned and go, I ain't going back to Marquise Brown again. And then I'm going to play him. But like at 25% ownership, like, like, dude, I have, I had him at like 16 to 18. And I was like, that's still way too high. So like, I, I, I got away from Marquise Brown. I, I mean, my GPP lineups in general, I focused a lot on obviously Seattle so if you want to talk about the, the GPP stuff, focused on Seattle, focused on Kansas City, and how I built my lineups this week with only 10 games and a lot of low totals. I talked about this with Squirrel Patrol on fr- on Friday's show, and he talked about it on, on the solo ship as well, that I was more inclined to build team-based correlations and not game-based correlations and just try to build two or three into every lineup. So for instance, my top lineup right here, because I played them all, I all my lineups, I always throw in like the play action just for, you know, just whatever. Uh, so Mahomes, Rice, Kelsey, no bring back. No, there's no bring backs on nothing. And then play Walker and Smith and Jigba and then play Ford and Cooper. Like, so I'm betting on the Browns, the Seahawks, Kansas City, and then we're done. And then whatever defense fits. So you go to the next lineup, right? Refresh the page and try again. Come on. What's going on? You're having deposit issues. I'm okay. I have to need to log in again. But if you see what I was doing, James, so like if I, if I played, I played a lot of like Ford with Cooper, Ford with Moore. Right, I played a lot of Pacheco plus Kelsey, Pacheco plus Tony, Pacheco plus Rasheed Rice. Right, go then my next lineup. Here's Lamar Jackson, so Lamar plus Flowers plus Andrews, then Ford plus Moore, Pacheco plus Rice, 
commander's defense and Jacobs is a one-off or whatever like that. So a lot of my lineups look like this. Here's Geno Smith, Smith and Jigba, Lockett, Pacheco, Kelsey, Ford Cooper, Flowers one-off, Giants defense. So a lot of this type of stuff. And of course, uh, yeah, Amari, you know, people didn't get there. I mean, the Brett, if I would have told you, James, that the, the score of the Browns game, like, how fast would you be just shoving in, like, Browns players and going, okay, well, I'm playing Ford, Cooper, Moore. I'm playing all these guys. I'm playing I'm playing Deshaun Watson, right? I'm going to play – I'm going to play Watson, Cooper, and Moore as a double stack because I know that the Browns are going to score 39 points. And then you look at your lineup and you go, how did, how did that happen? Where did the 39 points go to? That was the dumbest outcome of any game so far this year. That was stupid. And there were a lot of weird things that happened this week, but like that was dumb. Uh, and of course it happens during a week where there are no high totals. So like, it's just, it was silly. It was so silly. 78, what, 77 uh, points scored in that game. And I don't know if anyone got there. I think Josh Downs. I mean, like, no one really, like, dude, you could have played Gardner Minshew, Pittman, and Downs, and still played the Browns' defense in that lineup, right? And then you played Kareem Hunt for two touchdowns on the other side. I mean, like, the distribution of the points of that game would just, it's Minshew had two rushing touchdowns. P.J. Walker ends up coming in after Watson gets hurt, so now... If you it didn't matter if you had Watson had negative points. I focused on that game though. I wanted the Browns. I had a lot of Browns. I just you thought that no, no. I I liked the the players that I liked most that game were four downs, and they did well. That was fine, but uh, I wasn't going to play Minshew against the best defense that we've seen since like the two thousand two Ravens. Uh, and I wasn't going to play, you know, a lot of stacks in a game where, like, sure, the there weren't any high totals, but it's not like the Browns were free-free. You know, Elijah Moore was cheap, but Amari Cooper was priced appropriately. Sean Watson still had a price on him. Like, the, the, t- the team totals were not that high. So I wasn't into it. I liked Ford, and I but I was not going to focus too much on that game. I also took a shot on Josh Allen. I played two Josh Allen lineups sure. with Diggs, Diggs and Kincaid. So here's another one. But you see the theme in my in my lineups. Allen, Diggs, Kincaid, right? Pacheco, Tony, Walker, Lockett. Right? And then someone off Samuel and the Bears defense. Right? So I had a lot of, like, like, like if I had Walker in my lineup, I probably had another Seahawk in my lineup also. If I had Ford in my lineup, I probably had another Brown in my lineup also. Right here's Sam ha- Sam Howell Sam Howell McLaurin Thomas is Ford is Lockett Walker and then Gibbs Ford Keenan Allen who didn't do much either Broncos defense the number one stack if you look in results DB was the one that I didn't play any of because I thought it was going to be overowned and it actually became even more overowned than I thought it was going to be. Because I had I had it at I had Jordan Love's ownership for stacks as like the third or fourth highest on the slate, 
and I had that as over owned. Mm-hmm. So when he comes in at fourteen percent owned, and Watson comes in at sixteen percent owned, and Luke Musgrave, if we look, Luke Musgrave at seventeen percent owned as a cheap tight end. I mean, the run out worked out for me, but I didn't play any. I didn't play any of that game at all. I mean, literally played none of that game. I just, I, I don't want Russell Wilson. I don't want Jordan Love at that ownership. Russell Wilson was a little less owned, but I didn't want really pieces of that offense. So I, I was a, I was a bit surprised that, you know, from a stack perspective, like I was focused much more on Patrick Mahomes, Geno Smith, Deshaun Watson, and Josh Allen, like as the, as the core. And then the Geno ones, I mean, everyone on the Seahawks was owned. Like there's no way, because especially with DK Metcalf out, like other than Bobo, if you have, if you played Jake Bobo, I think what, what I don't, I could look for him, but he was the lowest owned out of the bunch. I, he may have actually did the best out of, out of all of them anyway, compared to price. Right, Bobo. Okay, Bobo, sixteen points at essentially no ownership. Because I, I don't know if this is updated or anything like that. It says zero here. I'm, I'm, I'd be shocked if he was zero. DK Metcalf was 0.4 percent on, and he didn't even play. So, how, so how did you, how did you handle, uh, you know, targeting stacks? Were you playing Stafford Cup lineups? Were you playing? I mean, what, what we? I mean, you said. I did play a, uh, uh, I was considering where I did play a, a Josh Dobbs lineup, but that was the only way I was ever going to play Marquise Brown, especially mm-hmm. when he comes in at 25% ownership. Like I didn't mind, I didn't mind Dobbs, Brown, McBride, Cup. And that's a way to play a Chalky Cooper Cup in a correlated way. But I only played one of those lineups and I really didn't like clicking those buttons. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I went about it with... So I, I think that it's it's really interesting that you decided to just basically bet on teams and not do any game totals. But I thought that was interesting. Um the way that I went about it was when I was running through contest sims, looking through pictures and, and, and just kind of like assessing where the ownership was. Um, basically, what the contest sims wanted you to do for my contest sims was pay down at quarterback and pay, pay down at running back and pay up at wide receiver. Basically, didn't want to spend any salary really at quarterback or running back. 
Um, and it wanted to prioritize kind of the more expensive wide receivers and expensive stacks, um, which was not super, super profitable this week. But I think that that was the right way to go about it, considering when playing on these wide receivers was highest and the game totals were relatively low. So I, I thought that that made sense. The way that I ended up going about it was playing. I did two overstacks. Um, I had a Joshua Dobbs lineup against Seattle where I did uh, Dobbs with uh, Kenneth Walker, Tyler Lockett, and uh, Marquise Brown with Michael Wilson. So I had that where playing for if Seattle gets out to a lead using Kenneth Walker and Tyler Lockett, then Arizona has to come back and, and pass. And Joshua Dobbs was so cheap that it made sense. It was also a way to get ex- get access to Marquise Brown, who is very highly owned in a unique way. <laughs> Um, and then I also, and then I also went with um, a Pittsburgh stack against the Rams. Uh, I liked Rams stacks a lot, but the salary difference between Matthew Stafford and Kenny Pickett was really, really big, and the game totals just were not high enough. Where I felt that I needed to pay farther up for a quarterback in that game environment. Um, especially considering the really skinny target trees on either side. I, was, I figured there was just going to be Pickett and Pickens, and then it was going to be Cooper Cup and Pukunakua. Uh, and then, you know, whatever quarterback I wanted to play in that game environment. I liked the game environment, and I wanted to utilize it, but paying down for Pickett made more sense than paying up for Stafford. Um, and then I had a Lamar Jackson lineup with uh, Zay Flowers. So, uh, overall, I, I liked a lot of the cheaper stacks and I liked a lot of the cheaper running backs so that I could then kind of get as much correlation together and hope that even though all of the game totals were low, that I was able to capture one of the better game environments between passing teams and hope that it ended up doing much better than the other games that had low totals. So that was how I went about it this week. Well, I mean, that's the, I mean, it's a similar, it's, it's the similar mindset. Yeah. It's the, most of these game totals are low. One of the, but one out of these 10 games is going to do massively over the total. So I hope I get the right one and I'm going to take five, six guys from that game. It's the same mindset of like, I'm going to over correlate by instead of one game, I'm like two, two of these teams are just going to score like 35 points on. It's going to, it's going to be just the other side's not going to matter. It's going to be like, you know, 42 to three, right? The bills are just going to destroy the Patriots. Right. The Ravens are just going to destroy the Lions that, you know, something like the Rams are just going to like that. You're not going to want it some other side of the game. So it's like, okay, well, let me just pair these things. The Seahawks just come out and just score 35 points. Walker has 30. Lockett has 25. JSN has 18. It's like, okay, I just want two pieces of that. I want two pieces of that. I want a stack of that and have those teams do well on the ground, in the air, you know, short fields and from Sims that I was looking at, it favored a lot more of the the over like onslaught type lineups, like like onslaught onslaught of like Mahomes, Kelsey, Tony, Rashi Rice, Pacheco, like all of it, or uh, the Geno Smith, Walker, JSN, Fant. Lock it like the whole thing without without Marquise Brown on the other side, without without you know Josh Palmer on the other side, just like just full on onslaughts of stuff. Like I got I got a bunch of Stafford, Cup, Nakua, Higby, T- 
type lineups. I got a, a bunch of uh, like Powell, McLaurin, Samuel, Thomas lineups. So like once I started seeing that, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not going to go to the extreme of doing like total onslaughts, but my mentality of like, okay, how do I put like kind of like two mini onslaughts together and then fit around everything else? So I just went into lineup HQ and I'm like, okay, let me take a look at all these types of lineups. And the funny thing is, James, you know what the funny thing is? The only lineups that I eliminated that correlation were the lines. <laughs> I got a ton. I was getting a ton in that configuration. I was getting a ton of Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown lineups. Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown. Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown. Gimma, like, like, no, but... Uh, I, I don't I don't want the lion side of this. I want the Raven side of I, I don't want the lion. Like I don't mind Gibbs and I don't mind Amara St. Brown, but I just don't think the Lions are gonna truck the Ravens. So I don't want Gibbs, Amara St. Brown. And of course, like just they all they both of them got there in garbage time. Essentially garbage time. Because the whole second half, I mean right. they were down by five touchdowns. And next thing you know, I'm looking like why why does Jameer Gibbs have like 24 points and why does Amara St. Brown have like 11 or 12 catches it's like at, at some point you put in the backups because this game is just done but they didn't they just said oh well, we have a rookie Jameer Gibbs okay go out and have some fun right and he just went out and have some fun so kind of one of those now waves where you go I now waved it the result in the first half happened exactly the way of why I was not waving it and it seemed like the, the Sims, they knew. I guess they, I guess the Sims knew because the guys that got there in that game were really Lamar, Andrews, and two lines. Like, Flowers just kind of died after the first half. And then it kind of just went around to everyone. So it's just one of those weird things that sometimes not waving. And you know, you know the other not wave? Because I was only playing 12 lineups. The other not wave was, if I'm going to pay cheap at running back, it's going to be Jerome Ford at 5,100. So let me get rid of these $4,800 uh, Deontay Foreman lineups because, because <laughs> I, it, yeah, if I had 150, yeah, I have some Deontay Foreman, but I have to make, I have to make cuts and Foreman's going to be the cut. So I'm going to cut that out. So had I, had I played the, uh, the, the Patrick Mahomes, like, I think there was a lineup in, in my, in my subset of when I was weeding it out. That was Mahomes, Rashi Rice, Kelsey with Gibbs, Amara St. Brown, and Deonta Foreman and like the Giants defense or something. And like that probably would have scored like 190 or something. It probably would have, for the contest I'm in, it probably would have came in the top, top 100, top 50 or something. And, uh, and no, I, I said, I said to the tools, I know better, IKB. And it turns out in the long run, you typically you don't know better. Let 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 the numbers tell you, right? So uh yeah, the the thing with um with Detroit, I don't think that Dan Campbell is gonna cut their cut his starters in second halves. This is the guy that wants to bite people's kneecaps off and is like old school football guy and is like, you're just gonna get out there and you're gonna take your lumps at night. He's gonna be a guy that's like, Yeah, we're gonna pull the starters here and keep everybody fresh. Like the he, he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's going to do that, you know? Um, I, I do think that Foreman, for there were ways to get there. Uh, if, if you paid double down at, at running back and you went with Foreman and Ford, uh, 
And then you ended up saying that you wanted to full stack, you know, the Chargers game or the 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 Kansas City side and go with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Keenan Allen, and Joshua Palmer. It would have made sense too. It was the highest total game on the slate, and that was the way to get there. Was paying double down at running back. Um, I liked Kenneth Walker too much to do that, and I ended up getting when I was paying down for my stacks. I ended up getting a lot of Josh Jacobs. And I did not say IKB, I know better. And I was just like, the models are pretty good. I'm just going to stick with Josh Jacobs. I should have said, I know better. So I should have taken your route and said, I know better. With either Ford or Dante Foreman there instead of Josh Jacobs. And you should have taken my route and just followed the models. And we'd have had much better weeks, Jordan. Right, but I can't play. I mean, I played some Josh Jacobs also. I just thought at his ownership, he was too high. Right. It's not if you, I mean, I like, I'm someone that plays Jacobs. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that people make fun of. Right. That play Jacobs and Mixon and David Montgomery and those types of guys, the volume based guys that people are just like, this guy is just no good. Yeah. I know he touches the ball 28 times, but they're horrible touches. So who cares? And they'll, they have a good game every so often. But the thing is, is that I prefer to play those guys when people don't want to click on them. When Josh Jacobs is 6% owned because people are like, this guy isn't any good. When Mixon, you know, when Mixon ends up coming in at 28% ownership, that's when I'm like, okay, maybe maybe he shouldn't be 28% owned, right? That type of thing. But to me, that's that's more of the more more of the game to me with those types of running backs. I don't mind taking a shot. That's why Bijan Robinson, you can say anything you want about Arthur Smith. I mean, Bijan Robinson came in at what 4% owned. And he's the type of player if they put the ball in his hand for PPR scoring could score a lot of points, right? Like I can't I can't argue with someone tr- uh, taking a shot on Saquon Barkley at 8100 at 5% ownership. I I you can't Rashad White at four percent ownership. I Eckler, Aaron Jones, like these are guys that I'm not a big fan of playing because they're they're the ranges of outcomes are very very wide. And as I say in MLB DFS, with like the 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 high uh, wide range of outcome pitchers, is that I want to play Blake Snell and Robbie Ray and and those types of guys like Andrew Heaney. Right to some extent, right. I want to play those guys when people lost confidence. They don't want to play him because there's another option on the slate. But I don't want to play them when they're 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 high owned, right? I mean, Kenny Walker fits in. Truthfully, Kenny Walker fits into that mold a lot of times, also, where he may not catch many balls out of the backfield, and if he doesn't run a hundred, if he doesn't go for a hundred yards and a touchdown, you. I mean, I mean, this was like the this was. I mean, he scored 16 points because he ran 100 yards. Uh, He got stuffed on the goal line. I mean, he could have put up 23. But, like, the ceiling games from Walker don't include, like, five catches out of the backfield and and stuff like that. While guys like Barkley and Bijan and Eckler and Aaron Jones, at least they have many more ways of getting there. So if you said, if if you showed me this ownership now and you said it's like, do I play a 50% on Walker or do I play a 8% on Aaron Jones or a 6% on Eckler or a 5% on Barkley? 
I mean, if you played any of those, if you faded Walker and played one of those guys, played, tried to take a shot on Bijan or anything, I don't, I, I mean, dude, it's a 10 to 1, 9 to 1 difference in ownership. It doesn't matter how it ran out. Kenny Walker is the type of player that you, you would do that for. When if you, If Austin Eckler was that price in a much more favorable matchup, like those are the guys where I'm much more likely to eat some of the ownership because like McCaffrey, right? You tell me McCaffrey's 8,300 and going to be 40% on on a slate where the 49ers are, are, you know, almost a two touchdown favorite. There's a big difference between fading him and fading a Derrick Henry at that point, you know, like a, a, a guy that, that only really has one way of hitting the ceiling. Well, McCaffrey, Eckler, Aaron Jones, depending on how much work he gets, like those guys, because they could get six catches. They could, they could, they if they get two touchdowns. You're screwed because they've already racked up 20, 20 peripheral points as it is. So if you faded Walker, I, I mean, it's just that it was a, it was a weak slate. It was an easy name to click on. You could build around. There was nothing, you know, other than Cooper Cup. There was really nothing on the high end that you really wanted to play. So. When we look at results, DB, I mean, as long as you build lineups that were good around Kenny Walker's ownership, I think that's fine also. But I don't know. Are there any other takeaways that you could get out of this slate, James? Not really. Um, this this was a week where it was really important to think about game outcomes and not overpaying for things. Um, that was kind of the the thing that I really wanted to, to push this week in, in content and in articles um it it made a lot of sense this week to say yeah you could play you could play this team who has a team total of 22 but you have to pay 20,000 for their sack or you could play this team that has a team total of 21 and you only have to pay 16,000 for their sack you know which one do you really want to play there and the answer is usually the one where you're saving six thousand dollars on one point in difference between the team totals um the, the only thing I'll say with Kenny Walker, that the reason why I, I want to play somebody like Kenneth Walker in that spot is because of the team total and the expectation based on what we think the team is going to do. Um, it's the same reason why you play Derrick Henry. There, if the Titans are 10-point home favorites, you should play Derrick Henry. If Seattle is a 10-point home favorite, you should probably play Kenneth Walker. If either one of them are four-point underdogs, like that's a really good spot not to play them. But to your point, it was a week where it was easy to play him. He was priced appropriately. The slate was relatively low scoring, all things considered. Like Kenneth Walker made a lot of But I, I tend to agree that you really want to be careful about playing chalk and, and popular backs, very highly owned running backs, if they don't have the receiving upside. Um, when they don't have a lot of ways to get there in terms of their team totals and stuff. I, I just I just thought this was a, this was a week about team totals and paying attention to that kind of stuff. Well, just like how I built my lineups with the, the, the oversized correlation on teams, mm-hmm. right? And you'll see that in the Sims, right? If it, we, you know, Roto-Grinders will we'll be coming out with a, a Sim Labs tool shortly. We're still testing it internally. I've been playing around with, with some of it myself. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for James on Twitter, paydirt underscore DFS, as well as paydirtdfs.com. Uh, Theory of DFS, 
We got uh, how to think like a professional DFS player, as well as the advanced players course, which includes the custom Excel tools that James has developed that uh, that I do use for uh, for DFS slates. And in, in, in addition to all the other tools that we offer here at Roto Grinders, hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Maybe that'll fix James's internet. The more likes, the more the more that uh, that may, it'll fix his internet. It'll fix his deposit limits on DraftKings. It'll get get his ID card there as quickly as possible. So uh, so so hit more of those thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got the pre NFL pre lock show uh, uh, later today for for Monday night football, and then tomorrow we start NBA. NBA's back with two games, and uh, we'll have a special guest tomorrow. Andy Means is going to come on. We'll do a little bit of. Uh, NBA DFS 101. If you're coming in and you, you've never played NBA DFS and you're coming from NFL, you're coming from MLB, NHL, soccer, any coming from another sport, right? Or or you just want a refresher on what should we th- be thinking about when looking at NBA DFS projections and building our lineups and obviously injury news and how that all comes together for NBA slates, large slates, small slates, large field contests, small field contests. Tune in tomorrow, and obviously for the next eight months, you know, this show will have plenty of NBA stuff. We'll be talking about NBA, whatever's going on that day. That's kind of what we talk about on the show. I'm here. Mondays through Fridays, 11 o'clock Eastern, discussing everything you're thinking about. In Daily Fantasy, props and pick them on Roto Grinders today. 